0: You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards, and Taylor Polindo.
1: Today we're going to talk about compliments. Did you know that every year there's a National Compliment Day? It's celebrated on January 24th, and it's been in place since 1998. I had never heard of it. But this special day was created by Kathy Chamberlain and Debbie Hoffman, who decided there should be a designated day to tell people how much we appreciate them. And indeed, showing appreciation is a positive form of communication. But that's if the recipient is on board. Have you ever had a compliment that sounded like a compliment that really wasn't? Or a compliment that just didn't sit well with you? Something like, you look good for someone your age. Or, you're so brave to wear that or I didn't think you'd get the job, congratulations. Well, these are all called backhanded compliments because they sound like a compliment, but they contain a backhanded jab at the receiver. In its purest form, a compliment is defined as an expression of esteem, respect, affection, or admiration. And the opposite of this is the backhanded compliment, which is an insincere or devious expression of approval or admiration. According to Holmes, a compliment attributes credit, usually to the receiver, for something that both the speaker and the receiver value positively. So it's one thing to give a compliment, but it's another to perceive it as a compliment. And this is precisely why the backhanded compliment doesn't work, because it's not seen as good by the receiver. There are many research studies that validate the premise that compliments have communicative value and can even motivate others to action. Grant and Fabrigar have identified the strategy of what they call compliment manipulation. And this is used to try to get something or to gain interpersonal compliance from another person. In their laboratory experiments, they found, for example, that their participants were twice as likely to comply with a task when complimented on their clothing. In another study, servers in restaurants received significantly higher tips when they complimented their customers' dinner selections and physical appearance. In another study, researchers found that hairstylists earn significantly higher tips when complimenting their clients after they finish styling their hair. Their research adds up and adds up to the conclusion that compliments can get you something. So what types of compliments are out there? And are some better than others? In terms of giving compliments, Knapp, Hopper, and Bell have identified seven topical categories of compliments. First is appearance. Your hair looks nice. Second, attire. That shirt looks really nice on you. Third, emotions. You mean so much to me. Fourth, helping in service. That was nice what you did for your sister earlier. Fifth, performance. You're really good with computers. Sixth, personality traits. You're so smart. And seven, compliments about possessions. I really like your new golf bag. Duhan and Manusoff conducted research on men and women relating to compliments. They found no significant difference between men and women's ratings of the importance of compliments. And they found that both men and women reported a relatively high ranking of the importance of compliments in their romantic relationships. Additionally, they found that women seemed to be more aware, though, of the presence and absence of compliments in their romantic relationships than were men. So both men and women found compliments to be important, and women were more aware of or kept track of compliments more than men. Not surprisingly, their research also revealed that participants' perception of the frequency of their partner's compliment behavior was positively related to the reports of relational satisfaction. So if you held the belief that your partner frequently complimented you, you're likely to associate that with overall satisfaction compliments contribute to our relational health. But what about instances when compliments appear fake or disingenuous or backhanded? Well, Haslam says, quote, faux compliments are likely to have the opposite effect as genuine ones. People who receive them will often feel like they are insincere or not well-intentioned, and that undermines any positive effects that they might feel from being praised, unquote. He goes on to say, quote, even so, what matters is not whether the compliment is actually faux or genuine, but whether their recipient believes it is. It's quite possible for someone to take a sarcastic compliment as genuine or to disbelieve or dismiss a heartfelt compliment. He argues that individuals with low self-esteem often struggle more in receiving compliments because the compliment may fail to match their negative view of self, and so it might be rejected. Consequently, they might judge a compliment and the complimenter negatively. Marigold and colleagues conducted a study to examine this very idea. Since traditionally, relationship partners with low self esteem tend to resist positive feedback from their partners, these researchers found that partners with low self esteem felt more positively about the compliments, about themselves, and about their relationships as positively as people with high self esteem when they were encouraged to describe the meaning and significance of the compliments. And when this occurred, they found the effects were still evident two weeks later. So their research suggests that compliments were more likely to work when they were discussed and highlighted. When we break down backhanded compliments, we can see the technical components more closely. Cesar and team suggested that backhanded compliments don't work because they have two competing goals, one to elicit liking combined with two to convey status. For example, one might say, your speech was good for a woman. The first part, your speech was good, elicits liking, but adding for a woman adds an attempt to lower the status of that receiver. And we can hear this underlying structure in other backhanded compliments. For example, your skin looks so much better. Or, I love how you don't care what other people think. Or, you look so much more awake with makeup on. It won't surprise you that Cesar and colleagues found that backhanded compliments reduce motivation in others and work settings. So we can see how the structure plays a critical role here in shaping the likely response of the receiver. Well, now let's talk about receiving compliments. Herbert analyzed types of compliment responses and identified 12 different categories. So let's talk about a few of them. Let's say someone said to you, your outfit is fantastic you might answer with one of these types of responses. You can offer an appreciation token, thank you. You can offer a comment acceptance, thanks, it's my favorite too. You can offer comment history, I bought it for my trip. Or you can offer a return, so is yours. In the research by Duhan and Manusoff, they found that returning the compliment was the most frequent response from both men and women in romantic relationships. They suggest that a return is also a way of reciprocating a compliment, something other researchers have also found, and they found that qualifications or reassignments were the least used responses. Now, in a different study, Weaver and colleagues found that the most meaningful compliments had to do with personality or character, and those were more likely to get a positive response. Well, based on all of this research, you might be wondering, what are the guidelines then that we should use for complimenting in our close relationships? and I would suggest three different standards. The first standard is to compliment someone's character over appearance. Now, even though we've seen individuals motivated by compliments on appearance in public settings, in close relationships, focus on compliments that are related to character. The second is to give the compliment space. Spend a minute to think about and or discuss what was said, especially if the receiver has lower self-esteem. Remember that research suggests that lower esteem individuals need this activity to have lasting effects. And finally, the third strategy is to review the possible compliment from the recipient's perspective. What would you think if this compliment was said to you? How would you feel? This will reduce instances of accidentally giving backhanded compliments. Well, there's so much to talk about regarding compliments. So here's my question. Will flattery get you everywhere? Taylor, you're so beautiful.
0: You should start. (laughs) Thank you so much, Meredith.
1: Meredith, I like how
0: you said that. You're very good at communication. I love that it all comes back to intention. What the person believes is what matters, Mm -hmm. whether or not it was a fake or true or genuine compliment. So
1: the compliment received is the one that counts.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah.
1: And you can have all the great intentions of the world, but if they don't see it that way, it didn't land that way.
0: I think flattery does get you a lot of places. I always say you get more bees with honey. I had a great friend. I heard him one time talking to someone on customer service and just ripping into them. And afterwards I said, Is that how you like generally are with people when you, you're frustrated, you you're complaining to someone? And he said, Yeah, like they they just they messed up or you know, whatever it was. I kinda called him out and I was like, you know, if you talk really nicely and compliment or say Something positive. Keep it really friendly. You're much more likely to get what you actually want out of the situation. A few months later, he came back to me. He's like, "I've changed. They're so much better to me. I get what I want now. I, you know, I'm way friendlier on the phone, and it's completely changed how he treats customer service people, which I feel really good about.
1: Yeah, which is kind of related to the idea of that compliment manipulation. Yeah, totally. Which I thought was like a frightening label. A little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm gonna compliment. To manipulate
0: you. That's how I felt if you went out and guys would compliment you. There's this feeling that you like owe them something now. Mm -hmm. Have you felt that? Can you give me an example? Like a guy in a bar picking up on you. Hey, wow, you're so gorgeous. Oh my gosh. And then you like feel like you have to engage them now.
2: I think in college I felt like that. Like I owed everybody something around me, but now it's more like I force myself to receive that message as purely. That's what it was. And thank you. And then keep going. I always get the opposite in college. I would be so nervous from that stuff. It made me so uncomfortable. So then I felt like I owed that time, like you're saying, or I would ignore. And that's if I didn't say anything, then I'd get called a bitch. Oh, yeah, there's that too. I mean, there's no real right way to do it.
0: <laughs> you're so conceited.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I blocked this message this week into two parts, which is how we're giving them. So the seven principles of giving compliments versus how we are receiving them Mm -hmm. and then taking both of those things to create the guidelines. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the hairstylist one because I, yes, love my hairstylist, Ricardo's Hair salon in Anaheim, California. Just saying. Yeah,
1: I love my hairstylist, Jen Ever, at Salon Platinum. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and she listens to the podcast. So whatever your stylist probably doesn't. So. <laughs>
2: Oh, God, that was so good. I really like that example because after she does my hair and she's confident about it, and I know it's her work of art, her career, and she's telling me she likes what she's done, it makes me walk out more confident. So it's almost like the confidence in the person giving the compliment, the realness really
1: makes a difference for me. Mm -hmm. Right. The Holmes definition was both parties have to perceive it as good Mm -hmm. for it to meet the definitional perspective jointly you decide it's good. Yeah, and then I try to give her a better tip. <laughs> well, you gotta work <laughs> on that, Mayor. Come on, she's listening to the podcast. Come on. I'm a good tip giver, okay. <laughs> okay, so I was thinking about tipping a little bit related to this podcast. The year my brother turned 50, he put a $50 bill in his wallet and every day he would look for someone to give it to for doing something maybe that was a really great service or someone in need or whatever. Mm. He thought it was going to benefit all these people, but he said what it really did was benefit him. Mm. Because he said all he was doing was looking for good in the world.
2: Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah.
1: It made me think a little bit of birthday mindset, which is that episode four that we did. And you recognize the value of what has gone on here and you're able to respond. And when people see that they've been responded to and valued, there's some exchange there that's really important.
2: I made a... a New Year's resolution one year, I think it was in college, probably in response to some classes of years, that if I had any good thought in my head, I had to let it out of my mouth. Because so often we think about complaints or negative things to say about people or things around us. And so if there was a good thought, I had to say it out loud. And my favorite moment, I think, was at a grocery store. Oh, God. I'm scared. I'm scared of this story. No, the lady <laughs> at the register had such like beautiful eyes. I had thought to myself, she has really beautiful eyes. And I literally just like said, I made a new year's resolution. And if I think something really good, I have to say it out loud. And I just want, you know, I think you have really beautiful eyes. (laughs) it's seeing somebody and just for a second breaking whatever you're doing in the day and, and noticing something that's good in front of you wait did they perceive it as good yes she like got a little shy you know i couldn't tell if she thought i was flirting with her or what <laughs> but i just, just that's why i kind of like went off on the you know i made this new year's resolution and and you know whatever and i was probably in my early 20s and incredibly socially awkward uh, not so far <laughs> from where i am now but <laughs> It felt really good. It felt really it it felt good to me. Mm. It felt good to me to look it's like your brother said I love that to to look at the world and look for goodness mm-hmm. or beauty. Yeah. I just finished reading this book called Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. You talked about the backhanded compliments of how brave of you to wear that and she talks about women of different sizes, and people say things like that. And and there's such this thought that that in that backhanded compliment, what somebody like that is saying is get back in line. How dare you be confident at where you are? And I think it's really because that person is really saying, because I'm not where I am.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Beginning in my 30s now, that has been such a shift for me to to just be comfortable in this skin that I am in and it causes me to see beauty in everyone else's skin around me.
0: I was trying to think, but like, what were the best compliments? Do I have any that stick out to me? And I always feel like the ones that I remember are from someone who won't get anything from me. Like I remember a girl, I was pumping gas and she like yelled at me from inside her car. I was like, wait, what does she want? And she just had a compliment for me. Or this young guy on the airplane, like he must've been in high school. Clearly so not trying to do anything. I just thought it it meant more to me when I knew you weren't gonna get anything out of it. Altruistic. Yeah, I feel compelled then to compliment my friends, especially my guy friends. I feel like girls, we compliment each other all the time, Mm -hmm. but I'll try to compliment my guy friends because I'm like, they know I'm not trying to get with them. I like see my husband right here, but I think compliments just make people feel good regardless on what it is. For sure. And I think for
1: me, when I thought of that research that where they talked about people with low self-esteem and said, Hey, you have to hold a little more space for them. In other words, don't let them just bat it down. Mm, I like that. As no i'm not this no i'm not good enough but actually talk about it so that they can actually hear it and for me that was the moment where i think it transforms into being heard as good i might feel bad about how i draw for example and you might say oh that looks really good meaning it and i might say no it isn't i'm not good at drawing i can dismiss it right away but the research says if we have a talk about that and say no actually i'm noticing that you use color really well here or I noticed the framing of it is really great or the design or whatever. But talking about the compliment and giving it some space and some life can make it fit in better into the mind of someone in low self-esteem. And I like that idea because I was thinking about, and and my kids are not young, but I thought there are moments like in high school and middle school where the kids get hurt and they feel worse on certain days. And I thought, oh, that's really good information to think about those people who are hurting around us and how they need to have a little bit of help hearing that compliment. And expanding it out for them
0: might be the help they need. So sort of just going in depth and and giving them detailed information as to why you said your original compliment.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't just say, Taylor, you're smart. I say, I like how smart you were when you thought about it this way and the new idea that you brought about because of your smart thinking. I elaborate on it a bit so that they can be able to take it in. Because I think people with low self-esteem just flick it away.
0: Well, it feels like we would be much more likely to believe it when you actually gave Mm -hmm. evidence to why you're thinking something. Hmm.
1: Right. And it's not just a like compelled compliment where you just go, oh, that you look great. You know, where it's like, did they really even think that through? (laughs) (laughs) And someone who doesn't feel like they look great might be like, yeah, sure. It's not basic. (laughs)
2: <laughs> for lack of a better word, I don't know if you guys have ever heard friends say, "You're beautiful. You're amazing." You know, and it's like get creative. Yeah, like say what you see in the person you're in a relationship with, friend, family, lover, whatever. Right, that is meaningful to me in compliment. Yeah. So I, I had a, a one thing I wanted to touch on in terms of a wrestle with you guys in terms of the the low self-esteem. For me in early education, being taught in a, being taught in a very religious setting to be humble was to not accept good things about you. That's how I internalized it. I'm not saying that that is necessarily true. And I have developed my own understanding of what that means now for who I am as an adult, but as a younger person growing up and being told to humble yourself constantly made me feel like I had to be, thinking of myself not in a hum and humility but in a low status. Yeah. So if someone were to compliment me I had to disqualify it. I had to ignore it because then I was being cocky or whatever the word is, right? Because then if I believed I was enough, then I wasn't in need of anything else greater than me. Where now I re- feel that I can receive a compliment and know that that can be true and I can
1: still have a god that i love right that's an interesting connection to humility which i still like the idea of humility but i don't know that it translates to low self-esteem
0: yeah
2: it it doesn't anymore i'm just saying i've had to develop that understanding
0: mm -hmm. i feel like when i was growing up thinking humility was basically thinking poorly of yourself Mm. you you have to be humble so you can't think anything good about yourself. Yeah. I totally get yeah. that.
2: Yeah. How do you, I mean, as a young parent now, Taylor, how do you explore teaching your child to have humility? Because it's a wonderful thing, right? But to not have low self-esteem. Uh
0: well, we haven't started on humility as with a two year old yet, but <laughs> <laughs> we're working on confidence. Something I just saw recently was like when you compliment them. Don't say it like you're so proud of them, but encourage them for them to be proud of themselves mm-hmm. so that they build their confidence on their own and it's mm-hmm. not reliant mm-hmm. on what you think.
2: Isn't yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, instilling this self-confidence and bringing it back to what do you think about that and, and letting them process that, which I think ties into what you'll do with humility so you don't have a cocky mm-hmm. asshole.
1: <laughs> no, we don't, we don't want to raise that. No, (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Anyway,
0: it's interesting because you go through the
2: receiving rate of you think back, you return, you disqualify, you ignore. So now as a person that has, I think I beat myself up a lot, I feel like I can't take those compliments in. I try to harness someone I I dated in the past told me that it was like a Mexican culture when someone compliments you and you don't necessarily believe it, but you're trying to take it in. You respond by saying it's your eyes. Hmm. Yeah. So you acknowledge that what they see is true, but it's just hard for you because, you know, it's them seeing you in that light. Yeah. So I sometimes will say that internally to myself when I say thank you. Now I'll say it's their eyes, but hey, they see it. And I'll tell them, hey, Meredith, you know, it's their eye. They're seeing that thing in you it's okay to accept the thing that somebody sees. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. One night when we were in college, we were talking about this problem, about how everybody in our house would give compliments, but people wouldn't take them. They would just bat them down and say, so somebody would say, oh, that's a really cool thing you made for dinner. And they would go, eh, it's just dinner. Or that's a cool outfit Eh, you know i'm just Mm -hmm. going to class like people would bat them down so we made this rule for a week where we had to answer every compliment that someone gave us with thank you i think so too (laughs) so you had to accept it and it was really funny because over the course of that week we had like some pretty fun banter because it was like, thank you, I think so too. Okay, sorority ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we made each other do it because we're getting too negative in how we keep exchanging someone trying to actually say something nice and it becoming a culture in our apartment that it's not acceptable. Yeah, I
2: love that though. To imagine a house of young women that are thankful for the compliments they receive. And I bet in the beginning people, it was just like, thank you, you know, like, like a joke. Oh yeah. But I think as you continue to practice something, you also just allow it in too. So sorority mm-hmm. ladies out there, have never been in one, but take on that hey, house of talk talk. Don't
0: diss my sorority. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that to be true more of women? I feel like there's a set of rules that I grew up with as a female yeah. that if you receive a compliment, you're either supposed to refute it or say something bad about yourself, um, or qualify the compliment, Yeah. or return it. Basically, not just receive. Yeah, well, I was never taught to receive it. You could offer it back, or no, 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 that's not true, I'm this, or the big one, I feel like I've caught myself doing a lot is to talk trash on myself, like, oh no, I'm this, or I've been working on just saying, thank you, I received that, mm-hmm. like how you like to say things out loud something you're practicing. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I've been practicing receiving compliments, so I say it out loud, thank you, I receive that. (laughs) I'm a little slow and I have to say it out loud, and if you are too, it's okay. (laughs) But is that, do you find that to be more true of women, that we refute them or have to talk negatively when someone has complimented us? Or is it just insecure people?
1: I guess what I would say, Taylor, is I don't know that it's men or women having rules, I would say it's probably contextual to the environments we grew up in Hmm. and what was modeled and expected. All of the studies are just about mean scores and averages. and You never take a study and apply it backwards to a relationship. You apply it forward to what the population is doing. So we don't say, oh, we found women kept track more and then take it back to your relationship and say, so I'm going to keep track because women do that more. Thank you for telling us that, because <laughs> I may have done that after this. <laughs> You don't apply it back to your relationship, because it's not meant to be about your context. And so what I would say is it's all about function again, and it's what functions in your relationship. So you say Ralph is encouraging words matter to him. I'm gonna guess compliments matter to him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, of course. And I asked him, do I compliment him? And he says, Yeah, you do to other people but not necessarily to me so i'll hear Mm. it from someone else and he's like oh she thinks that interesting we already found your tc4g yeah i know (laughs) i i think i'm singing his praises all the time but i thought you were gonna say in your story
1: then he turned to me and said you only did it 2.1 times yesterday (laughs) and 3.9 times today
0: (laughs) well but before this i've asked him if i like feed him enough in that area and it's generally that same answer I do it Mm -hmm. to other people about him, but apparently not enough.
1: Well, and that if that's important to him, then you just up it. Yeah. I mean, you just learn about your partner and we've talked about that before studying the people you love the most and saying, okay, this isn't maybe my average amount of compliments that I would want to receive, but they sure love it. Wait, can you rewind that? Cause I want to remember that you said
2: studying the people we love the most.
1: Yeah. But whatever that partner needs, we understand more if we study them and we out of that study can provide more of what will make them thrive. And that's a that's a deep love I think to do that.
2: Why is that making me emotional? I love that. Yeah.
1: It totally touches on your
2: guideline of number 3 meaning review from the receiver's perspective. So if you think if you're studying the person you love and you think about the way they receive something good being said of them, a compliment, you know, of their personality, of their all of the list of things you talked about earlier it's like they're being known. Yeah. Wow. That was, I was not expecting that to make me emotional.
0: I love that. It It seems so outward focused. I feel like a lot of time with relationships, we can become like, you're not loving me in this way enough and I need this and I want this. But if you really like took the time and just made it all about them, studied them, I just think it's a beautiful, like how much that would come back to you in your relationships.
1: And then that I think de-escalates some of the tension you could have just on a regular day. Not that you're creating the tension, but there's tension sometimes on busy days or whatever stressful yeah. situations. And if you know their favorite X, Y, and Z, or their favorite things that you say, you learn a lot after 32 years of being married. Of there's a very <laughs> large file on unhelpful things that you sh- that are not actually
0: great to say. <laughs> oh
1: my God. And I've Isn't developed that, a I very can... long list for I those need
0: things. That whole list. But-
2: can I kick after COVID's over? Can we come over and drink wine and open that drawer and we go <laughs> Oh god! Uh, it's funny preparing for this week. I, to be completely honest, and if anybody out there is like me in this way, compliments to me. I was like meh, like because I didn't want I didn't want to get into it. But I see now in learning about this research that you're sharing in learning about the what it's like these areas of giving them and receiving them it's so much more than just the things that we see and i think that's why for me number one or two appearance and attire for me personally because i'm not a like a stylist you know or if to me those those are cheap mm-hmm. compliments because they're just fast and easy But when someone really sees you or like you were saying earlier, explains why they're complimenting, like the example of Taylor being smart because of you, the way that she saw something or the way that she expressed something, you know, makes you as the complimentor take the time to pay attention.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So what's your TC4G?
2: I refer always to the strategies, the guidelines. I, I love the research, but I refer to your guidelines and make sure I have these right. The three of them is... One is compliment character over appearance. Two is give the compliment space, like talk about the compliment more in detail or whatever. And three is review it from the receiver's perspective. So mine, and I, I tend to have in these communication, this communication podcast, a goal internally and then externally.
1: You're always trying to cheat and have two. Like I know. Every-
2: okay i am a cheater i have to pick one
1: every week i have one taylor has one and meredith has two
2: you guys are insulting me on the compliment podcast (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to pick one damn it i want to pick two you should have two i'm picking two and i'm going with it okay so one is internal and the other is external internally i am going to uh, allow for space for a compliment to just exist in me for a second. I just want to be shut up for a second and just like take a second. So I want to give it space. Thank you. I received that. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor always is trying to tell me that. <laughs> um, and then the other one is to review from the receiver's perspective. So I tend to want a compliment, think about what would make me feel good. So then I say it, which I'm thinking is nice. Not that it isn't, But there's different perspectives and relationships that I have, you know, and I want to, as you got me very emotional a little bit ago, start studying better
1: the people I love so I can compliment them better. I like it. All right. So I'm going to do my TC4G and... It's a little bit cheating, which I've been known to do on some of these, <laughs> but I think, I'm okay, you just the- called me a cheater. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. Even <laughs> you're a cheater. I'm not.
0: Okay. She's bending the rules.
1: I think I'm going to do the $50 thing. I've never done it. I remember when my brother did that and I remember thinking to myself, that would really be good to do. I think I'm going to do something like it, but I think I'm also going to write a note mm. saying, thank you so much. I've been looking all day for somebody who's a really great job, sincere, hardworking, and conscientious, and I found you. Oh, I love that. You and your words, communication. I look forward to the story when that happens. Well, I might change my mind about everyone I'm seeing, so I'm-
0: (laughs) It backfires and you're like, everyone's shit. Now,
1: six months later, she's like,
2: I still have this 50 in my pocket.
1: (laughs) No, no, my brother said it changed his view and he saw way more good in the world. We totally believe in you.
0: Oh, gosh, (laughs) wow that's gonna go really well for you i just know it that's a backhanded compliment (laughs) no that was genuine but we'll see how she received it wow (laughs) not well taylor your tc4g (laughs) i'm going with number one i feel like i give a lot of uh compliments but they're probably generally more appearance based because i feel like i notice detail a lot so I, I love to notice when someone's changed their hair or mm. something looks different. And I know that's been a positive for some of my friends because they really liked, when you when you change something about your appearance, they like for you to notice. And yeah. I feel like I have a critical eye. So I do that a lot. So I want to compliment character more and we'll see one going towards the husband, but I like, the more in-depth I think you have to know the person. I think it means more. I think you'd have to pay attention if you're gonna explain those details, of why you saw what you're Mm -hmm. describing. And I just really believe like the more you put out good into the world, it just makes your life better. Not that you even receive anything, but you really do like your whole world looks different. I think when you just are sharing good things and love. So that's what I'm going with. Thanks, Mama (laughs) Tay.
1: I like that, Mama Tay. Well, today we've identified compliments that work and compliments that don't. We've talked about holding space for the compliments we receive and improving the compliments we give by expanding on the details and getting creative. We can improve our compliments by studying people we care about. Well, we're excited to announce that in our next episode, we will be interviewing entrepreneur Katie Masters, And we will hear her story about trading comfort for growth. Well, thank you for joining our podcast today. And please remember to rate, share, and subscribe. And as always, thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend.
0: Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.